there. Welcome to the Restoring Fertility Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Mayer. If you're dealing with fertility challenges, then you're at the right place. I know what it's like to face infertility and feel alone in this journey, wondering what might be wrong and if motherhood is even possible. Fortunately, there are real solutions to be found in the world of restorative reproductive medicine. Join me for interviews with real people, both professionals who are experts in their field and people just like yourself who have walked this road of infertility. You are not alone and your story matters. Just as a disclaimer, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice from your healthcare provider. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Restoring Fertility Naturally. Um, can't believe that this is episode number five already, so I hope you guys have been enjoying this so far, and I hope that you enjoyed last week's first guest episode with, or guest interview with Annie, where we talked all about progesterone and bioidentical hormones that are used with NAPR technology. I hope it was pretty informative. I personally had a super fun time nerding out with her over that topic. I love talking hormones. So if you have any further questions about progesterone or anything in that realm, um, feel free to reach out, you know, send me an email, restoringfertilitynaturally at gmail.com and maybe we can do, you know, Q&A session on an episode in the future with y'all's questions. So um, yeah, don't hesitate to email me with any questions you might have and I can see if I can work that into a future episode. So um, today's episode will be just me again, and it will be part two of our infertility journey. And like I said, in episode three, where I had part one, um, which by the way, if you haven't listened to episode three, make sure to go back and listen to that first before listening to this episode. Um, It'll give you just the background of basically like the first six to seven months of our journey. Uh, This uh, this story is also on my blog, and it's also in three parts. Um, I thought I could make it into two, but it was way too long, you guys. <laughs> There's so many details. So let's just jump right into where we left off in episode three. So at the end of episode three, I had mentioned that it was around June of 2018, and it was time to seek medical help. You know, I knew that we... I needed more than just like diet changes or lifestyle changes, which those are good, but you know, a diet change isn't necessarily going to get you pregnant. And so this was the beginning of our journey with Creighton, the Creighton model system of fertility charting and NAPRO technology, which stands for natural procreative technology. But at this point, I just knew surface information. I knew, I think maybe a couple people that had used it and really loved it, but I didn't know many details about it. Uh, So my first question though was about insurance. You know, um, we hear about people saying, yeah, my my insurance won't cover infertility stuff. It's awful. So my first question was if TRICARE military insurance, which I'm on because my husband's in the army, 
um, if they would cover NAPRO. And I will definitely address that at some point, um, either in this episode or the next one. Um, and so I also, I started sleuthing on that front to try to find some answers. And then I also began searching the NAPRO hashtag on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't think that you would go to Instagram for like medical help, but I was just looking for encouragement. I was looking for people who, more people who had used NAPRO and it had been successful or they were feeling better. And what, I mean, you never would think, but of all places, social media is where I found my infertility tribe. I began following several people who had used NAPRO for their fertility issues and, um, a few of them actually had have really neat stories and I hope to get them on the podcast, but they were infertile. It looked like they weren't going to be able to get pregnant. They adopted and then they ended up getting miraculously pregnant. And so that's not everybody's story. And obviously adoption doesn't like mean you are going to get pregnant miraculously, but it was just really fun and encouraging to read about their hope and success stories. And so, yeah, go to Instagram and type in hashtag NAPRO technology, and I will link it as well in the show notes. But you guys, the community there through that hashtag is so encouraging. It's so positive. People are honest. You know, it's not like a sugar-coated thing. Uh, it's just different from any other it's, it's set apart in the infertility wor uh, world. I really, really believe that. Also, through Instagram, that is found how I found Holly. And she, she's this wonderful lady who is a certified fertility care practitioner, which means that she's certified in teaching the Creighton model of charting, of fertility charting. And I found her via the NAPRO technology hashtag. What do you know? And ironically, she is located in Texas and works at the same NAPRO doctor's office that is less than 10 minutes from my parents' house. Okay. I mean, it was so cool to find her. And um, if you have been reading the Warriors and the Weight blog series on my blog, um, you'll see me refer to my doctor as Dr. J and also Daisy, who was a guest post, uh, a guest feature on the series. She um, talks about Dr. J and we had the same doctor. So it's the same person, just in case you're wondering. Um, and he's amazing. I'll talk more about him later. And then in the part three of our journey. So the good news was that obviously with Holly being in Texas, I couldn't see her in person, but she does work with clients long distance. And so she was totally willing to take me on even with my crazy time difference being in Germany. So and most fertility care practitioners do work with people long distance. So even if there's not one close to you, um, there's plenty who would be willing to work with you. So it was uh, later in June of 2018. Like, so a few weeks after I realized, yeah, I need to seek more medical help. Um, I did a free consultation with Holly. She does like a 15 minute free call to see if she'd be a good fit for you and to just kind of give an overview about Creighton. And she was, I really liked her. And so I signed up for classes. She mailed me the charting materials for Creighton because 
Creighton is um, based on paper charting, which at first I was like, mm, that's kind of like old fashioned, but I actually really like it now because it's, you know, it's something that you can hold in your hand. It's very tactile. Um, I like the stickers that we use and um, I just like it. I think it's a good system. And so we had our first class on July 25th. <laughs> And again, thank goodness for email archives, because this is how I know these exact dates. Um, no, my memory is not that good. So I, I will say that I was very nervous um, because it almost felt like I was back in nursing school and that I was going to get like, graded or judged for my mistakes on my fertility chart. Because when you get your materials um, for Creighton, you're supposed to just start charting doesn't matter where you are in your cycle. Um, you just start that day um, because you have like an intro session before you get ma your materials. And so I had started, but you know, I hadn't had like a formal sit down to go over things in detail. And so I was so nervous, you guys, but that was silly that my anxiety and fear were for nothing. Holly is amazing. And I will be having her on the podcast as well. Um, to interview her as an FCP and also as she's also used DAPRO herself. So she's a patient. And yeah, I just feel really blessed to have her on our fertility team and, and can call her a friend now too. She's just been so instrumental in helping me identify different things in my chart. And it's so nice having a professional that is trained in Creighton to be able to go and ask questions. So that's something very unique about Creighton is that the instructors, and I think we mentioned this in Annie's interview last episode, they have to go to school for 13 months, very rigorous to become an instructor. So when you chart with Creighton, you have to work with an instructor and you know, you can have the confidence that they know what they're talking about. And actually Holly personally has been teaching for 17 years. So she really knows her stuff. I'm not getting paid to say this, but she is such an expert and I really trust her. Also, you have email access to your instructor between classes. So I'd have questions and like email her a picture of my chart. She'd look at it and get back to me. So in our first class, she, um, I asked her if Dr. J did long distance consulting and she wasn't sure, and she promised to ask, and it turns out that he, he did, or I don't know if he's ever done it with anybody else, but he had agreed to do it with me, and, um, and so about a month later, I submitted my medical history for him to look at, and then I had to wait a little longer to actually like, get evaluated by him because he wanted to see at least two full cycles of my Creighton chart before sending me for a hormone blood panel. And that is pretty standard in the NAPRO technology world. They want to see um, two to three months of two to three cycles of charting because they want to be able to see trends. If they just see one cycle, that could be an off cycle because maybe you're more stressed out or, you know, if it's your first cycle charting with Creighton, maybe you're not charting totally correctly. So they just, they want to be able to see trends. So that's why I know it can be hard. It really tested my patients personally because I was like, I just want to get this done but it's totally worth it to wait and just 
the, the NAPRA doctors are trained in how to read the chart as a diagnostic tool. And that's another thing that sets NAPRA apart from other, um, other methods. So, okay. So I had gotten an email. I, we got an email communication with each other with Dr. J and, and I sent him my chart and he evaluated it. And so in early September of 2018, he emailed me a detailed write-up of what he wanted performed because um, he suspected a progesterone issue or a luteal phase defect, which uh, was probably causing my really bad PMS. So at this point, I was just feeling like a monster every single cycle, seven to nine days before my period would start. I would just get so anxious. It was almost a, nearly debilitating sometimes. A little bit of physical symptoms like breast tenderness, cramping, not, it's just mild cramping, some bloating. It was just, yeah, it was not fun and it was not normal. So Dr. J gave me very specific instructions on what blood work he wanted done and when. And this is another thing that I absolutely love about NAPRO. Each testing protocol is based off of your individual cycle, not the textbook 28-day cycle and having hormones levels drawn, hormone levels drawn on day 21. You know, if you have ever tried going to a conventional um, fertility specialist, they probably, um, or any, or an OBGYN, they will probably tell you, okay, come in on day 21 of your cycle and we'll draw your progesterone and estrogen and blah, blah, blah. That is normally going to be inaccurate because most women do not ovulate on day 14 of their cycle every single month, right? So it needs to be seven days after that ovulatory event. So this is why NAPRO is unique and personalized because it looks at your chart. Okay, when was your peak fertile time? And let's base your blood work off of that. Okay, so it's individualized medicine. So anyway, I, I'm just, I love that. I can totally nerd out over that and we'll have plenty of time to do so in future episodes. So please excuse me on that. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> in mid-September, of 2018, I began the labs and I did it through the clinic on base. I did several estradiol draws. So estradiol is um, a form of estrogen that is used. There's two others. There's three forms of, of, of estrogen, but estradiol is what you want. Um, I did several draws of estradiol before ovulation. So in NAPRO language, that would be pre-peak. And then post-ovulation or post-peak, they drew estradiol and progesterone on, let's see, several days. I mean, I had, I think, eight total blood draws. I had to go to the lab eight different times. And then at one of the appointments, I also had my a couple thyroid levels tested, LH, FSH, and testosterone. And then when the results were up, I sent them to Dr. J for his opinion. And just also as a side note, while I was waiting, I don't know if it was while I was waiting or it was around this time that I came to the conclusion that 
I had to stop self-prescribing supplements. <laughs> and so let me explain this. So one of my like quote hobbies had become doing research on natural remedies for infertility. So like I mentioned in episode three, you know, that Googling for symptoms and like remedies, I tried all these different protocols and supplements, all of which clearly did not work in bringing about pregnancy. Now, of course, they probably were helpful in, in one way or another, but the expense was starting to get kind of high. I would look at our budget and see, oh my goodness, I spent how much this month on supplements? And both Mark and I are on a lot of supplements already through the functional medicine doctor. And so I've, I had to make a pact with myself and I told myself, I will only take supplements that either one were recommended by one of my healthcare team members or two that made some kind of legit positive difference in my health. Like maybe I felt more energy or I slept better. Like there was some kind of positive outcome. Otherwise I needed to cut it out for my own sanity and our budget. So that's just kind of an aside. Like if you're doing that too, I think we all kind of need to walk through that journey in our own pace, but there probably will come a time where you're like this, I, f I feel like I'm going insane and I just need to stop. So I can't tell you when that is. And, you know, probably what you're doing isn't hurting anything other than your budget, maybe. And so that was a big motivator for me because I'm like, we just can't. We can't be spending that. Okay, so I had submitted my um, info or the lab results to Dr. J. And then he got back to me in early October. Um, my hormone levels were essentially normal. My progesterone was just slightly low, my P but my PMS was still a problem. I was like, okay, even though only my, you know, my progesterone was only slightly low, but you know, can we, <laughs> I was just so desperate for something. Uh, um, and so Dr. J prescribed a progesterone supplementation to treat it. Um, and so if you go back to last episode, you know, you can learn all about progesterone. So, and I was so relieved. I was like, finally, I'm going to get relief because by this point, I pretty much dreaded the second half of my cycle. And I was, I wasn't even that worried about being pregnant. I just wanted to not feel like a crazy person. So like, I would almost be like, come on period, just come already so that I can stop feeling like crap. <laughs> to put it valently, um, you know, that seven to nine days before my period, it was just awful. And I remember when I finally saw Dr. J in person and he was asking me all my PMS symptoms as part of an evaluation, I was said yes to almost every single, almost every single symptom. He's like, okay, I, th I think that's enough. I, you definitely have enough to qualify for PMS. Oh, it was just horrible. So anyway, if you're a woman suffering with PMS, for more with three or more days before your period, please seek help for that. You're not crazy. This is not normal. Okay. <laughs> I feel you. Um, so, so, I'll, okay. So I, he said, let's do progesterone. I was so excited about this, about this turn of events, but I had another hurdle to jump through. I had asked the clinic on base um, here where we're stationed in Germany about getting this prescription, but unfortunately 
it was not possible to have a prescription filled there from a doctor back in the States. It's some, I don't know what rule it is, but I wasn't allowed to do it. And I was so frustrated and bummed. And during all this time, I was on TRICARE Prime. So if you're a military spouse, I'm talking to you right now uh, because I understand the unique struggle with TRICARE. So TRICARE Prime basically means that in order to get any type of care outside the military clinic, you have to get a referral and authorization from your primary care provider on base. And it's, it works the same here in Germany. You, if you want to see a doctor on the economy, you need to get that authorization. And I, was, I just didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to have control of my health care. And so I decided to change to the other plan that TRICARE has, which is TRICARE Select. And Select means, I guess, I guess in like private terms, it would be more like a PPO where you can choose your own doctor. You don't have to get a referral for most things. Um, I just didn't want to have to rely on the base clinic for authorization. And through my research about would NAPRO be covered, I found that it would be way, way easier to get NAPRO treatment covered if I was on select. So that also was a big reason that I, that I changed. Um, yeah, it requires meeting a deductible, <clears throat> which is actually so low, um, it's so affordable. And then co-pays, which again are very affordable with select. So at this point I was like, okay, I can't get my prescription on, on base. So I'm going to change the select at that time. You could change, you could hop from prime to select and vice versa for any reason at any time. But now it's, um, you have to, you could only change during the enrollment period or when you have a significant life event. So, um, just be aware of that military spouses. So I contemplated finding a German OBGYN and bringing him or her the recommendation from Dr. J and getting the bioidentical progesterone prescribed that way. I'm sure I could have, I probably could have done it, but first of all, it just, it felt very overwhelming because I've never seen a doctor on the German economy. And by that point, we were about a month away from traveling back to the U.S. to visit Mark's family for Thanksgiving. So this was like mid-late October. And yeah, I was just worried about finding a good doctor that would agree to my plan. And so I asked Dr. J about calling in the uh, progesterone prescription to a pharmacy in Wisconsin, because that's where his family's from. And then I would bring back a three month supply. And so that would last me, let's see how my cycle fell. I would be able to, I'd start using it in December. So December, January, February. Then I was planning on visiting my family in Texas in February for the birth of our niece. And then at that time I could get another refill of progesterone and then more diagnostics done in person with Dr. J. So I was like, okay, I got this all figured out. I'm going to get progesterone in like a month. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was so excited. (laughs) And I, at this point I was starting to feel a little more patience because Okay, now we know that, you know, I have a slight hormonal issue. We're getting, we're starting to get some answers. I'm going to get a solution for my PMS. And it's just, 
I, I felt like I was standing on more solid ground. You know, when you get that kind of validation, you feel you're like, okay, I'm being acknowledged and I'm not crazy. <laughs> I think that's so important. Um, so we did have a wonderful visit in Wisconsin for Thanksgiving and I got my precious pre uh, prescription of progesterone and he prescribed me injections. That's Dr. J's delivery of choice is injections, but there's other, you can either, you can do oral or you can do vaginal suppositories as well but injections work the best. They're the best mode of delivery. And so I was so excited because I was like, yay, I have enough to last me three months until I'm back in the States. But that's what I thought. Okay. So I won't leave you guys hanging for too long. All right. So we get back to Germany and I was so excited to get started with the shots I gave Mark instructions on how to give the injections, which are intramuscular. So it's a longer needle. It looks a little bit scary, but it's not that bad. Um, it's intramuscular. So it goes into the muscle. And the best place to do it is basically your backside. <laughs> um, not right in your butt, but in that area, kind of the upper part, we call it ventrogluteal in nursing terms. And it's a, like, you can do it on your own, but it's a little bit tricky. And so it's better if you can have somebody help you out. So he did a fabulous job, even on the first try, it was wonderful. And it was also great to have him involved in my care. You know, I, part of me has been like, well, I want to try doing it myself, but I also don't want to take that job away from him because it's a way for him to really be involved. And so and he's not squeamish at all. So <laughs> he's totally cool. Um, and even with that first cycle, I started feeling relief for my PMS. It was amazing, right? It was so amazing that bioidentical progesterone is just what your body needs. I did, I did still experience some PMS about like five days before my period for the first two cycles, but spoiler alert, <laughs> by the third and fourth cycles, I was feeling almost done. And which is just totally, totally a game changer. You know, it feels amazing. While the progesterone was being prescribed for PMS, I knew that a good side effect could be pregnancy. You know, progesterone, as Annie said in the last episode, progesterone means progestation and your body needs progesterone adequate amounts in order to, um, sustain a healthy pregnancy. So I really got my hopes up for that first cycle. I really shouldn't have, but I did. And when a person is on, when a woman's on progesterone, NAPRO doctors generally like patients to test for pregnancy on peak plus 12 day. So that means 12 days past one's peak fertile day. So the day, the last day that you observe fertile cervical mucus. Uh, this is because if one is pregnant, uh, the doctor wants the patient to continue on progesterone to reduce the risk of miscarriage. Because if you have low progesterone, then you're at more risk of, um, of having a miscarriage. So as it happens, Peak plus 12 for me was the day that my family arrived for Christmas in Germany. <laughs> 
And, you know, of course, you know, it's Christmas time, families coming over all the way from the United States just to visit us here in Germany. It was so special. It was so special already. And I thought, oh my goodness, this would be the best, the best, best Christmas ever. And I fantasized about how we would announce our pregnancy to my family, like on Christmas day. And it would just be so magical. But I also, I also knew that if I was, if it was negative, if the pregnancy test was negative, at least I would have the distraction of my family being in town. So, you know, it was kind of like a two-edged sword. So on December 17th, 2018, I got a big fat negative and it was a bummer, but it, it really didn't feel as big of a bummer just because my family was there and I was focusing on them. I think if my family hadn't come for Christmas, it would have been a really, really hard Christmas. So, because that was really the first Christmas where we realized that, yeah, this is infertility. Okay. So I mentioned about how I thought that I brought three months worth of progesterone with me. And so it, it was a new year, 2019, and it was time for my second round of progesterone shots. But I realized that my vial of progesterone was almost gone. I was like, what the heck? My prescription paper said it was a quantity of 10. So with giving three shots per cycle, that meant three cycles plus one extra shot. I'm so embarrassed to admit admit this as a nurse, but I totally miscalculated it (laughs) or just, I guess I just trusted the pharmacy, right? I didn't really check because they know what they're doing. They're the experts. So Dr. J had wanted me to take two milliliters three times per cycle and each vial held 10 mils of progesterone. So that meant that each vial just contained five doses. So I was so upset with myself, you guys, like I totally could have asked for an, an additional vial, but I just didn't realize it. And so I ended up calling Dr. J's nurse and asked if I should just do one milliliter per injection. And she said, yes, you know, it would be better than nothing. But then the next cycle, the final one, before I went to Texas, I would have nothing. (laughs) I was totally out. And so what I ended up, and I was just so fearful of having, like after two better cycles with less PMS, I was so terrified of having a cycle without it. I'm like, I don't want to feel crazy again. You know, I don't want to be debilitated by anxiety. And so what I ended up doing is I ordered natural progesterone cream from this supplement company in the United Kingdom, Kingdom that I use. And I use that in my post-peak phase just to tide me over. But NAPRO doesn't recommend dermal progesterone, so the progesterone you put on your skin, because um, over time, it can build up in one's fat stores, and then it can release at random intervals, which means that it could possibly mess up or prevent ovulation. So just using it one time doesn't really put you at risk. And um, So I felt fine just doing it that one cycle. And Holly knew she was aware my fertility care practitioner was aware that I was doing it and it was, it was fine for that one time, but you just don't want to use it over and over and over again because yeah, it's just kind of risky. It can become risky. So that took me up until 
um, end of January, beginning of February. And finally, it was time to go to Texas. And I was going for five weeks. And yes, I scheduled my time, <laughs> my flights based on my cycle. Um, I, Mark wasn't able to take time off, so I just went alone. And before going, I called Dr. J's office and I discussed um, with the nurse what I was going to have done while I was there. And so I'll talk about all these things in more detail in, um, in part three. <laughs> but first, we would do a follicle series, which is internal ultrasounds, so transvaginal ultrasounds to detect ovulation. So that's very important. You want to make sure that you're actually one, ovulating, and two, that it's a healthy ovulation, like everything's working correctly. And then about a week after that, I would have laparoscopic surgery to look for endometriosis. And he'd also check for uterine issues and block fallopian tubes. And a few, actually a few months before this in November, my younger sister had the exact same procedure with Dr. J and he found that she has endometriosis. And that meant that I, as her sister, was at a seven to 10 times higher risk of having it than the general population. And I know this might sound weird, but maybe not if you're going through infertility. It made me glad. <laughs> that risk made me glad because it meant possibly having a reason for our infertility, right? Endometriosis is you know, one of the top things that can cause infertility. So um, that's where I'm going to stop with our journey at this point. So part three will be about my experience with NAPRO, more NAPRO diagnostics and with the surgery and what that entails. And honestly, it's, it really is the best um, or my favorite part of the story. So, but yeah, I just, I, I, I had more hope. I was like, you know what? We're going to find something, you know, we've got to find something, you know, he wouldn't be doing the surgery on me if he didn't think that it was, there was a high likelihood of finding something wrong. And I did have doubts all the way up to like the day of surgery. Like what if he doesn't find anything, but, um, I can't wait to share with you guys what the findings were. So, um, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, yeah, remember to subscribe and share this with your friends who are struggling with infertility or just share with your friends in general because you might not know who's struggling. And um, leave me a comment on Instagram or email me if you have any questions. And I can't wait to bring you the next episode. So you guys take care. Until then, bye-bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Restoring Fertility Naturally podcast. I hope you enjoyed our time together and learned something new for your fertility toolbox. If you did enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute and will help get this information to more people seeking help for infertility. Thanks for your support and I'll talk with you next week.